everyone. In this episode, we discussed what we think is going to happen in the future and laid out some predictions. So I will leave you to discover what we uncovered in the episode itself when you listen to it. I just wanted to remind you that on Saturday, July 31st, we are doing a live episode on YouTube. So be sure to be there, bring all of your comments and questions. We'd love to address them while we're doing the episode and, you know, get to meet some of you. And that's that. So without further ado, let's begin the episode. The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and the guests interviewed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are solely their own. The content discussed are intended to be for informational purposes only. What is your prediction of the future, Keegan? My prediction of the future. <laughs> wow, that is a very large open-ended question. Um, what is your prediction of what is going to happen in the very near future with our government money? With our government money, well, we'll definitely migrate to a CBDC in the near future. Right? We're already seeing that. So that's that's cause for concern in some dimensions and cause for celebration in others. Right? Because there's really good aspects to CBDCs if they're designed correctly. So your prediction of the very near future with respect to government money is that is going to be digitized? Digitized for sure. What in is a different way. What is near to you? What is near future? Are we talking three months or are we talking like five years? Because five years is pretty near to me. Yeah, I guess you never really know when the futures come <laughs> near. near in the sense that I guess the point that I'm getting at is I remember last year I was sharing an email exchange with this gentleman that I was talking to about cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. And uh, he I said to him that I feel like there is this looming um, tension in the air with respect to our economic status. And that was before the recent stimulus into our economy. Yeah. So that's what I mean by like this, you know, when on a cloudy day when you feel like it's going to rain and the humidity is real high and the pressure is real high too. And it just feels like you're enveloped in something, but you don't know what, it is, what that is because there's just so much tension everywhere around you. Yeah. That's what it felt like for me over six months ago. Well, it still feels like that. I, I've been having that feeling for more than a decade now with respect to it, like an impending global disaster of some point. I, I actually asked someone, I rock climb, and I asked someone at the gym the other day, some random person, if uh, if she felt like the apocalypse was coming. Um, it was a really odd question to ask a random person in hindsight, uh, but she's like, yeah, actually, sometimes I do feel like the apocalypse is coming. We we're talking about land and how uh, land would be a good thing to have. Uh, anyway. There's a, there's another quote that I heard recently, and it's uh, it's there's decades where nothing happens, and then there's uh, weeks where decades happen. And Ooh, yeah, that's a nice quote. Isn't that a nice quote? And I, I kind of feel like that. It's a kind of like a synonym quote for uh, gradually then suddenly, right? So we can kind of tell that we're heading towards a brick wall of some sort. And we're, it looks like we're gradually getting there, but none of us know exactly the date and time when we're getting, when we're going to get there. And we don't know <laughs> what things are going to look like when we smash through <laughs> the, the brick wall to the other side. I know. I feel like everyone is, oh, yeah, I guess I can't say everyone. That's a very blanket thing to say. I feel like people responsible for larger portions of people, so governments, 
for for short, they are trying to prevent this impending doom. But by trying to prevent it and not letting it happen in small measures, we're just awaiting a much larger doom that is going to be out of the control of everyone. Yeah, you're specifically referring to the cash injection into the economy, right? Well, that I'm I'm actually also referring to the way that things were handled, like the the power and the control that was taken in place for certain measures to be implemented um, around, you know, places with respect to what's going on with COVID nineteen. Let me but let me yes, bring up one also, example. Yeah, go ahead. Just with respect to here in Canada, and, and I, I've heard that this is also the case in the United States. Uh, you can make more money sitting at home uh, getting paid from the Canada Economic Recovery Benefit, CERB for short, C-E-R-B, than you did working your minimum wage job. And that has prompted many people to not return to the jobs that they had before in favor of simply just receiving the CERB benefit. And that that is kind of a control that we can... that that I was thinking of when you were talking about the the kind of controls that like the powers that be have put in place. Yeah, I'm not simply talking about that sort of control, though. I think just in general, assuming that you can control any singular situation is I've just. Um, it's to, to me, it's so ridiculous to think that someone can think that they can control a situation like this, like you can try but you know the consequences or, or the result of your actions are always unknown especially when you're trying to prevent something so for example with covid-19 if we would have let some businesses die because they just couldn't make the cut i think that that increases competition in some cases first and for some families truly terribly it is a, a loss a grave loss because businesses are what supplement the incomes of families being able to survive and provide for their children and their loved ones so like me saying this out loud and you know to some of our listeners if you are business owners i think that i would it would be perceived as a terrible thing because some businesses are relying on this injection on this money um but i i really honestly feel like Sometimes you need to have controlled forest fires, for example, so that if the so that you don't have very large forest fires or let so, forest fires burn. Yeah, so that same sort of mentality applied to sometimes you have to let that loss happen because that builds resilience. That's if, actually an amazing parallel that you're drawing right there. Yeah, if you don't if you don't let something fail and come to its natural end, then you're never going to you know, let it learn resilience and let it learn how it can grow back and grow better and learn from whatever caused it to fail in the first place. And that's what I see a lot happening. Like that's what I see uh, when I when I'm talking about control. That's what I'm talking about: the control to not let something fail and trying so hard to prevent something from failing, which I think eventually is going to lead to a huge catastrophe that no one can control. Yeah, I I tend to agree. Another. Another parallel is a caterpillar, right? A caterpillar must completely destroy itself or melt itself into a goo before becoming a butterfly. Can you imagine if the caterpillar convinced itself that it needs to not fail? And if it defined failure as uh, as destroying, destruction, it, yeah. destroying itself into a goo only to be melted into a 
a beautiful butterfly that can then take itself in so many other directions that were previously completely unknown to the caterpillar, right? The caterpillar doesn't necessarily know, I don't actually know this, but uh, like that it's going to become a butterfly. Um, but it, it's not, if it was, it convinced itself that it's going to fail by, by spinning itself a cocoon and, and deconstructing itself, then it, it would never, it would never reach that goal that it set for itself. I know. So that's what I was talking about with respect to what do you think is going to happen? What's your prediction for what's going to happen in the very near future? Because this impending atmosphere that I, or the impending atmosphere that I described earlier in this episode, I sometimes if I'm not paying too much attention to the news, I tend to forget it slash become really comfortable with it and not realize that it's still here. And how long until something pops so i do think that hyperinflation has to happen in order for the mass populace to experience enough pain to uh collectively transition into whatever is on the other side of the wall yeah yeah so i don't think that we're to a point now where i don't think that hyperinflation is not an option i think that we're at the the beginning stages of this where we have been at the beginning stages since basically 2008 and then the latest no, inflation... No, not like since when the decision to yeah, take sure. the power then? to print your money in your own hands. Yeah, like all the way back to 1971. Okay, so 1971 to 2008 is the long tail. And 2008 to 2021 is uh, like kind of the, the start of the the aggressive ascent. And then from 2021 21 basically to whenever hyperinflation is declared a thing, I, I suppose that would be the, the big curve. Uh, what what is on your x-axis of this graph? Time, time is the okay. x-axis, and, and y is inflation. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. So, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you were just talking about how this started a while ago, and now we're just there's no going back. There's no turning point. Right, and then the latest inflation numbers that have come out of the Federal Reserve that they've reported themselves uh, are. So, something what is it seven seven and a half percent the highest inflation that uh, that i think that they've ever posted as far as i understand it and that's uh that's kind of crazy i kind of think that we'll see more and more of that i feel like they might scramble to try and rein that back um but it's i don't know if they can actually do that in light of the economic circumstances that we all find ourselves in right now i know so i'm wondering you know this is a question for everyone who's listening what is the economic situation of where you are how are families making out how are businesses making out are they doing okay are they doing well like what are the tensions that are currently burdening people around you because i wonder like how aggressive or you know to what point does that level of um uh what's the word that i'm looking for that tension to what to what point does that level of tension need to reach within people around us for it to collectively collectively kind of roll that first snowball or make that first sound for the avalanche to then take place. That's why I was saying that people need to experience the pain on an individual level, right? Because I think the like all across the economy, people are feeling uh, pain in their own unique circumstances. And, and many people are experiencing a lot more economic pain than others. If you've lost your business or you can no longer support yourself because you lost your job, then obviously you have you're experiencing more economic pain than uh, than those those of us who actually have prospered or done well through the pandemic. And 
when enough of us feel enough economic pain, I think that's going to be the tipping point. And that's going to be when people start to wake up, question, they'll ask themselves the question, what is money, right? When money ceases to become uh, the object of your desire, and let's say food becomes the object of your desire because the money that you would have spent on that food can no longer buy you that food. That's that's when I think the big revelation will happen. It's like, oh, what is money? What even is it? What is this thing that I've been using to buy myself the essentially my uh, my essential needs to fulfill my essential needs, my roof over my head, uh, my security and my and my food. Um, those are essentially the, the only things that you need. And that's, that's kind of what money provides you with is the ability to easily and frictionlessly obtain those things. But when money no longer does that for you, that's that's maximum pain, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so like I, I hesitate to say this, but I do think that there's some sort of that, that it, it's kind of likely there's a famine in, in my mind in, in the way that I see the future uh, playing out. Uh, like supply chains are already being disrupted on a global scale. Uh, hyperinflation is taking place in underdeveloped places and even some uh, fairly developed places like Turkey. And um, and so that's just going to cascade, right? At, at, a, at a certain point that there's a snowball effect that takes place. And I like your avalanche analogy too. So those are the little sounds that eventually set off the boom that is the avalanche. Yeah. And who knows what's going to happen after that. Yeah, I know. We're going to have to know how to farm. Yes, we will have to know how to farm. I agree. <laughs> Probably even hunt because we live in Canada and winter takes place. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> snow falls down. Winter takes place. Um, Fresh water. There's, uh, okay, so. I know, but I think like right now, we actually, I, I, you know, this is what I wonder though. Are we jumping to some really extreme con- uh, conclusions or really extreme predictions? And then. Right now, it might seem ridiculous, but if two and a half years ago, you told me that we were going to be in a global pandemic for uh, over uh, well over a year and a half, I wouldn't have believed you. Right. I'd say that's crazy. So if I tell you, you know, in three years time, there's going to be a really huge global disaster when, with respect to food and we're going to have to hunt. I don't know. I don't know how true that sounds, well, it sounds to crazy. you. It sounds it, crazy. Yeah, of course. If, if you see the forward. movie The Big Short, then at the end of the movie, uh, this is not a spoiler, by the way, uh, Michael Berry, the main character of, of the movie, he's he's kind of the guy that, that shorted the housing market that found out first. And since the end of that 2008 crash, he's been investing in one commodity, and that's water. And I, so there's a lot of reasons why, why water is... Uh, is probably the commodity that that wars will be fought over in the future. I mean, every single person needs water on the planet. I, I cannot forecast a scenario where water's not worth infinitely more than it is worth now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for whatever you said, for some reason, reminded me of that quote. I don't remember who it is by. I don't want to misauthor it, but it, it goes like this: If there's ever a World War Three, it's Einstein. Okay. I don't know what weapons it'll be fought with, but the World, World War, War Four will, will be with sticks and stones. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and that was a really powerful quote. So wow, we're really <laughs> we're in sync. Uh, we got this. No, I was gonna say oh. wow, we're really uh, showing a lot of optimism for the future here, aren't we? Well, that being said, I actually do have a lot of optimism for the future. I think that what okay, I like to think of the phoenix in this. Uh, mm, in, rise from the ashes. Exactly. So there will be ashes in in my opinion. I don't <laughs> I don't see a. I mean, 
if I'm really putting my optimist hat on, then we uh, then we've got we've got the caterpillar forming into a butterfly scenario where we deconstruct everything and reconstruct it in a beautiful light. Um, but everything is more or less going through a transition period, whereas uh, the phoenix scenario is everything is burnt to the ground and we 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 die. That's a death. Whereas the caterpillar doesn't die. It just it's a metamorphosis. Right. What are, you, what are you smiling at? Oh, uh, that was a really great Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood uh, <laughs> quote right there for anyone who's watched it before. Great, great show. It's anime. Uh, we love it. And the whole reconstruction. Oh. <laughs> yeah, where you were talking about how everything, reconstruction and deconstruction is the basis of alchemy as well. Anyway, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, once again, okay, so the phoenix, everything dies, and then everything is reborn, hopefully. Uh, but with the caterpillar, which is the better scenario in my mind, the one that I'd much rather, th this is actually the end to which I feel like we're working towards with, with Bitcoin, uh, is the caterpillar, uh, scenario where I, cause I don't want everything to collapse to the point where there's tons and tons of suffering. That's a scenario that I would love to avoid. Um, and yeah, that's a scenario I'd love to avoid. I think Bitcoin helps do that because it provides us with a transition currency for which would be present after the brick wall, after we break through to the other side. Yeah, if it's an economic collapse first, like because, yeah. you know, if it's a different kind of economic disaster, then we don't know whether or not that sort of money will be the sort of money that we need. Well, I do think that any disaster like a domino would trigger the rest of the rest of the collapse like i, I do I know, think that we've just built this this jenga if you've ever played jenga our tower is very high right now and removing any block from the bottom can cause the whole building to collapse and fall down i know but what if i told you that there could be a possibility that the entire jenga tower were just in a, incinerated to the ground yeah that's the <laughs> scenario i'd love to avoid <laughs> all right <laughs> that's not a world i want to live in yeah oh well but, but i'll live in it anyway so in preparation for whatever economic or geopolitical calamity that might take place in the future, what are we doing to prepare ourselves? Because, you know, it's, what's that, what's that saying again? You never, oh yeah, the insurance companies. So you never have insurance when you need it, but not necessarily with insurance companies in, in the sense that like, what is your insurance against something that may or may not happen in the future that could be to the extent that you really need to safeguard yourself right now? Insurance is one of those things that you uh, would rather not need, but have it anyway, rather than not have it and need it. Yeah, well, you know what? You do need it, too. <laughs> There's lots of conditions uh, to when you can have access to the insurance <laughs> that you've been paying for for the past I don't know how many years. Sorry, everyone. I'm a little bit sour. Our car was stolen right from our garage a couple of days ago, and we're currently handling um, talking to insurance companies about some details. We're learning a lot. Yeah, that's true. It, to look on the bright side, we're learning a lot about how money doesn't get brought back to you because of all of these conditions where it's just impossible to be have it be in your favor. Anyway, obviously I'm sour, not the topic of conversation. In order to prepare yourselves, um, at least with respect to your money, investing in something that you think is immune to hyperinflation, which is probably the most likely scenario what may or may not happen in the future, buy something that cannot be impacted by inflation or hyperinflation. And those are scarce assets. Now they can be in stocks, 
they can be some commodities and obviously we won't really be able to speak much to that but if it's in crypto find a scarce asset that you can park your wealth in i was going to say buy buy something that gives you intrinsic value uh so like the back to what whatever are your intrinsic needs as a human being and i think that we all have different sets of needs but we all have certain things in common and that's fresh water food and a roof over our heads and at the end of the day uh that, that's essentially what what we need money for and so that's an end for me like that's a there's a plan in my head to secure each one of those things independently of what's actually going on in the rest of the world whether it be climate change or uh or economic disaster or government collapse if i can produce my own food uh find find my own water what would you love you no i'm just thinking that how do you know all of this and then i was thinking that you watched all the walking dead and i wonder if that's where you learned <laughs> this from <laughs> no no if, if if i was trying to forecast for a walking dead apocalypse i'd, I'd be stockpiling guns <laughs> but uh you don't think we have zombies in our future no not unless the covid vaccine was actually an inoculation for for the zombie apocalypse right yeah. okay I, I butchered those words. Zombie apocalypse. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So food, fresh water. Food, fresh water, roof over your head. So if you buy those things, then it kind of doesn't really matter how much savings you have after we break through the wall, if there is an apocalypse, let's just say, uh, because you have your essential needs met. Now, if you expand your family, then you're going to need more means to produce more food and more fresh water. And yada, community. Yada, yada. I would almost also say that you need community because... You survived. I agree with that. Yeah, you sur you you. I mean, I believe that we would survive better if we had community around us with like-minded people who had different skill sets, so that we could survive as a group. Well, one of the the theories or like the game theory outcomes that I like to play in my head is if there is a government collapse, what happens to the money? What happens to the money if the government goes down? I mean, the government is the backer of your currency, and so if if there is some disaster that that really crumbles world governments. I know where this is all super hypothetical and pretty unlikely, but the money that you have in your pocket is is worthless. The digits on your screen that you keep in your bank account are are worthless. And to that, like if I'm being fair, so is the Bitcoin in our wallets. Yeah, I was just going to say. Right. Yeah. Except for the context of other Bitcoiners in the area. Right. Because if you're a Bitcoiner, and I'm a Bitcoiner, then we both perceive Bitcoin as to have some sort of economic value to each other. Whereas I don't necessarily have the same faith that the Canadian dollar would have, would hold its value past an apocalyptic event. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder too. Gold is good for that. Gold is good for that. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I, yeah, I actually do think like having some like actual physical gold, not gold stock, because how are you going to redeem gold stock when the internet's down? Um, but, but like um, actually physical gold, that's that's been the the, uh, the commodity of choice for people surviving previous apocalypse. Apocalypti? Uh, apocalypses. Apocalypses. Yeah. So we turn this question to you. What do you think is going to happen in the future? What is your prediction? And furthermore, do you also feel the same sort of pressure and tension looming over your head like we described earlier? Because if it is, get in touch with us. Let's talk about it <laughs> and uh, and see 
where we're all at with respect to being prepared for something like this. Um, I wonder how popular this episode is going to get if some of the things that we've said actually comes true. You know what would help with making this episode more popular? What? Uh, giving us a, a rating <laughs> and a comment and a share. This is true. On whatever podcasting app you're listening to this on or YouTube. Yeah. By the way, we're trying to get more subscribers on YouTube as well. So if you can just go to YouTube, type in Global Crypto, hit subscribe. That's going to give us enough subscribers to be on this new crypto platform called Odyssey, which we really want to be on because we want to reach a wider audience. And you can help us do that. There you go. You said it. I oh. did. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Um, get in touch with us or, I mean, come support us for the live episode that we're doing on the 31st of July at 12 o'clock ET. The information for that will be in the show notes again. We'll see you there. Awesome. Take care, everyone. Talk to you next week.